When Pastor Mark asked me to give a sermon, I was in the middle of trying to um, finish up my last seminary class in order to finish up my master's degree at Bethel. And I didn't really know what to reflect on. Uh, to be honest, I myself was a bit distracted. As you know, I have three kids and I was working second shift on security and safety at Bethel um, from four to midnight. So I was a little busy. Um, it was this fact that led me to inquire of my family and of friends and ask them what they thought people needed to hear today. I heard people say things like face-to-face -face communication, coping skills and technology addiction were major issues today. And I couldn't help but agree with them. I heard people say um, that, uh, that that was one of the things that um, they really wished that they had heard in, in church. In fact, at the time, I had just quit my job at Bethlehem University as a safety and security officer of six years, and I decided to purge some of that technology from my phone that I had found added stress to my life and kept me distracted from my new mission. My new mission, as uh, Colleen mentioned in my introduction, was to be the best resident chaplain at Abbott Northwestern Hospital I could be. Um, I did my internship, actually, at Good Samaritan Home in, in uh, Robbinsdale, Minnesota, uh, working with people with Huntington's disease. I got rid of some of my work-related apps. Maybe some of you use them at work. Things like when to work for scheduling, or Slack for team communication. I then got rid of some of my social apps, like Twitter and Instagram that I found myself constantly looking at. As a side note, when I say constantly looking at, it may also be um, that uh, it was a little bit hyperbole. It may also be that I was conscientious about my use and did it when no one was in my presence. But that did not negate the fact that I was distracted. Now let me be clear, I'm not here to preach a sermon about technology being inherently bad, nor am I saying that everyone should get rid of the apps and technology that they enjoy or need for work. What I am here to talk about is distraction, regardless of what that distraction is, through the lens of technology and how it can interfere with our personal relationships, including the most important one, our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the passage is so short, only five verses, I think the best way to look at it is verse by verse. In our first verse, we don't know if Martha has a lot going on in her life, whether she has a husband or children or how big her house is. What we do get a glimpse of is Martha's character. Is that of a servant? She has opened her home to Christ and the disciples. Based on what I see here, I don't think she is that different from all of us. I'd like to believe that her actions are similar to all of us when we accept Christ into our hearts as she did her house. Her first move was wonderful and kind. Her heart was in the right place. It is interesting to me how our second verse, though, shifts direction completely and focuses on Mary. We know from this second verse that she was the sister of Martha and though it is not stated in this particular passage, they are the sisters of Lazarus who was raised from the dead. What we know about Mary's character from this passage is that she too had her heart in the right place. We know this because she is sitting at the Lord's feet listening to the words of God. What could be better than listening at the Lord's feet, am I right? It is important to note at this point that both women are women of faith with hearts in the right place. It is only in our third verse for today that we see a slight ebbing in the character of Martha through the choice she makes in choosing distraction over what was required by the Lord. 
in looking at Martha's distraction, the first thing that caught my eye was that what she was distracted by was not inherently bad. After all, hospitality is mentioned in the Bible, such as in verses like Hebrews 13.2, which reads, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. For us today, technology is similarly not inherently bad, but can be equally as distracting. What made her distraction a problem was that she lost sight of two important relationships in her life, her relationship with the Lord and her relationship with her sister. Her relationship with the Lord is strained when she asks the Lord the simple phrase, don't you care? We know that the Lord cares for us. From verses like 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. But as you know, Martha wouldn't have had access to this verse, right? This New Testament. So maybe a verse like Psalm 55:22 would have come to mind later for her, which reads, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. It's really hard not to want to side with Martha, as her concern is only human. Perhaps you've had a sibling who didn't do work when chores needed to be done, and can relate. I myself have three other siblings, and I'm the oldest, so I know what that's like. Um, after asking the Lord if he cares, Martha makes a demand of him, saying, Tell her to help me. This further strains her relationship with the Lord, as she is no longer inquiring of the Lord, but trying to force his hand by making a demand. I think the effect of Martha's distraction is very similar to the distraction that technology brings us today. I see this in many ways, but I will just talk of three ways. First, like Martha, we feel like we must keep up with what needs to be responded to on social media, text messages, and then some, just as the preparations had to be made. Secondly, we have to be cognizant and aware of how our distractions may make others feel and the impression it gives others who are in relationship with us. And thirdly, technology distraction leads us to behave unlike ourselves. In Martha's case, she became a little selfish and demanding. For us, it may look like we are ignoring people or immediate, in their immediate presence by looking at our phones or devices, having earbuds in, or even take a more sinister form of being a different person altogether. The other day, I was working uh, in my old job at Bethel University Security and Safety, and one of my students under me uh, mentioned that they um, thought it was funny what they had seen on a friend's Funstagram. Now, I'm a millennial, cusper, a little bit old-fashioned. I'm right on the edge. For those of you who know what, um, what a Funstagram is, good for you. I'm embarrassed to say that I had no idea what that was. For those of you um, who use Instagram a lot, a Funstagram is a profile a person sets up where they share their hidden activities by picture or video under a false name so that parents or law enforcement or anyone else won't be able to find that account and know who you are. I didn't know why I was taken aback by that. After all, the generation after the millennials grew up with Snapchat, where posts disappear just a short while after they're made, so that if anything bad was to be done, it wouldn't exist after a while. So a Funstagram account would be similar to that, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I was embarrassed. Either way, Martha, in her moment of weakness, became a different person. As I mentioned in the beginning, both Martha and Mary's hearts were in the right place. 
And it is in those moments that lead us to um, see and have the weakness of distraction in our normal selves. And that hurts relationships and our feelings. Though we don't see it written in the text, I can only imagine Mary's feelings being a little hurt in that she desired to listen to the Lord because she needed something and was getting it from this investment of her time in the Lord. It is so difficult to recover family relationships when such public pronouncements are made, such as the way Martha spoke against her sister in front of Christ. Maybe some of you have had um, family times where you've um, had somebody bring something up very publicly in front of everyone else. It's very difficult to recover that. Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, answers Martha in the fourth verse of this passage, and he does so in a marvelous way. He first mentions her name twice, in fact, perhaps to calm her and get her to snap out of the frustration she was feeling and bring her back to her baseline reading herself. Secondly, he acknowledges her frustration, her worry, her very state of being. As a former security officer, I am always impressed by Christ's ability to de-escalate a situation like this. When we see him respond to her in our last verse, and his response is twofold, the first part of the response, he tells Martha that few things are needed, or indeed only one. The nature of what Jesus meant here is one that has been debated, as he didn't specify exactly what was needed. In light of this fact, I think the key to this response is the word needed. Regardless of what our distraction is in our personal lives, we do not need many things in our life to survive and to grow close to God. That new iPhone is not needed to grow close to God, nor is that huge raise at work. Merriam-Webster gives us four definitions for the word need, but I think only one here is needed. A, a psychological or, or physical requirement for well-being of an organism. The short answer is that what Martha needed most was to listen and be in the presence of the Lord as her sister Mary was in that moment. It was a psychological need for her well-being and ours today. When it comes to technology distraction or any distraction we have that is getting in the way of our closeness to the Lord, the same thing is true. We need only the Lord and to be in his presence. The second half of our last verse for today includes another element that we must address and for which we and our distractions must take ownership of. Christ says to Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. What a powerful phrase. If this were part of a TV sitcom, I might say, ooh, burn, you know. Um, that, was, that was tough. But this is not a comedy. This is terrifyingly serious. We have a choice to make concerning our distraction, as Mary made the appropriate choice. One passage that could be a whole other sermon that relates to my thought here is 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole passage at all, but would like to say that contained within its words is a focus on servanthood without grumbling and a change in how we carry ourselves that leads others to notice that change. Friends, we have spent enough time in our distractions. We must not be distracted as the world is a distracting place, but we must focus on listening at the feet of Jesus. It is only in seeking the face of the Lord that we can overcome our distraction. There are many passages about seeking his face, such as Psalm 105.4, 
Look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face always. Unlike Mary, the only place we can seek God's face today is by coming to the cross to accept Christ who cleanses us and forgives us of that distraction. Why forgiveness? We must seek forgiveness for our distraction because it is an idol. Distraction leads to missing the mark. Now in our passage it doesn't say Martha sinned. It doesn't say that. But it was an idol. The prophet Ezekiel um, speaks of such idolatry and the blocking of people's hearts saying in Ezekiel 14, 3-5, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. Should I let them inquire of me at all? Therefore speak to them and tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. I will do this to recapture their hearts of the people of Israel who have all deserted me for their idols. The Israelites in this passage were distracted by their idols, which led to deserting the Lord. In Martha's case, the irony abounds, right? She felt deserted by her sister, when in fact, through seeing distracted by her idol, she deserted the Lord and her sister for a time. The good news is that Christ will cleanse us and he will recapture our, our, our gaze with his stunning grace. The point I'd like to end with today is that if you are distracted by something, put it out of sight and seek the face of the Lord completely. Give him your attention for he is waiting to recapture your relationship. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence in our lives. We ask that you would help calm our hearts and help us to focus on you every day that we would put away those things which um, get in the way of our relationship with you, and that we would take ownership of the choices that we make, as difficult as that is. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to capture our hearts. It is in this that we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm.